0: Hello friends and welcome to this week's episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. I just said this week, even though we had one on Monday, but you know what? Whatever, we're just gonna go with it. So, um, it's officially fall according to the calendar, and therefore it's spooky season, even if it is like 80 degrees outside. Although this week here in Cleveland it's actually been kind of cool. There's like the temperature has fallen, it's a little overcast the day I'm recording this. I got some candles burning. We got cinnamon spiced vanilla, so it even like smells like fall. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it, and uh, hopefully the weather will stay this way. So spooky season, love it, love it. So we're gonna get a little started a little bit early with spooky season, um, because something that um was brought to my attention by my coworker is that um witches are having a bit of a comeback which like books about witches both fiction and nonfiction. um and this has been i know noticed by other people online in the in the book world um witches witches are having a moment and it's kind of cyclical the way witches sort of come in um and kind of go out of fashion so to speak and then come back i am sure that lindy west's book um that came out a couple of years ago about witches or not about witches but the witches are coming um has as was probably a a big part of this sort of return of this idea of like embracing that element of of being a witch um whether you are male female non-binary anyone can be a witch and i say that as someone who identifies as a witch I, like, if you listened to my episode with Rachel True last year, um, I read tarot cards, I do spells, candle magic. I mean, when I say I identify witch, I don't just mean like in a sort of like political statement I identify as a witch. Like I actually practice witchcraft and magic. Um, and so I'm excited to um, talk about some books about witches, and I will offer, we got some fiction here. We got some YA. There's a couple romance books coming out this fall or have recently come out that feature witches, which I am all about. Um we got some nonfiction for you if you're interested in sort of like getting started with witchcraft or you want to kind of go a little bit deeper into your own practice of magic. Uh yeah, so we got spooky season and we got we got magic. Um, happening here. Um, time to come out of the broom closet, as they say, with some with some witchy magical books for spooky season. Um, before I get started, of course, if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to professionalbooknerds.com, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. Um, and I think, oh, email. ha <laughs> You can email professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. I keep saying we out of habit. Then give it like the royal we. Because so far it's it's still just me <laughs> for the time being. Working on it, working on it. Okay. Let's get let's get some witchy, witchy books happening. Alright. So first one we got is Paybacks of Witch by Lana Harper. So this is described as the chilling adventures of Sabrina meets the L word. In a fresh sizzling rom-com. Uh, yes, that sounds delightful. So Emmy Harlow is a witch, but not a very powerful one, in part because she hasn't been home to the magical town of Thistlegrove in years. Yeah, if I heard a town name called Thistle Grove, I would absolutely assume it's all witches living there. It's a good name. Her self-imposed exile has a lot to do with a complicated family history and a desire to forge her own way in the world. And only the very teeniest bit to do with Gareth Blackmore, heir to the most powerful magical family town and casual breaker of hearts and destroyer of dreams. But when a spellcasting tournament that her family serves as arbiters for approaches, it turns out the pull of tradition, or the truly impressive parental guilt trip that comes with it, is strong enough to bring Emmy back. She's determined to do her familial duty, spend some quality time with her best friend, Lyndon Thorne, and get back to her real life in Chicago. On her first night home, Emmy runs into Talia, an all-around badass adept in the arts of divination, who is fresh of a bad breakup with Gareth Blackmore. Talia had let herself be charmed only to discover that Gareth who's also seen Lyndon unbeknownst to either of them. And now they want revenge. Only one question stands. Is Emmy in? But most of all, why can't she stop thinking about the terrifyingly competent, devastatingly gorgeous, wickedly charming Talia? Um, I like all of these words in one sentence, let alone in a book description. So that is Payback's a Witch. Next up, we have Witches Steeped in Gold by Shannon Smart. This is a Jamaican-inspired fantasy debut about two enemy witches who must enter into a deadly alliance to take down a common enemy. Oh, wow. I cannot talk. Take down a common enemy. (laughs) Uh, Again, I love all those words. So, um, Ira has spent her life in a cell, but every day brings her closer to freedom and vengeance. While Jasmine is the queen's daughter, but unlike her sister before her, she has no intention of dying to strengthen her mother's power. Yeah, that seems fair. They are sworn enemies. These two witches enter into a precarious alliance to take down a mutual threat. But power is intoxicating. Revenge is a bloody pursuit. And nothing is certain, except the lengths they will go to to win this game. Um, Yes, please. Also, Witches Steeped in Gold has a fantastic cover if you have not seen it. So I'm super excited for that one. Next up, we have another rom-com that says The X-Hex. That's such a good title, uh, by Aaron Sterling. This is popular and New York Times bestselling author Rachel Hawkins writing under a pseudonym um, as Aaron Sterling. So nine years ago, Vivian Jones nursed her broken heart like any young witch would—vodka, Weeby music, bubble baths, and a curse on the horrible boyfriend. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sure, Vivy knows she shouldn't use her magic this way, but with only an orchard hayride scented candle on hand. She isn't worried it will cause him anything more than a bad hair day or two. Oh, that's, that's, mm-hmm. That is until Reese Penhollow, descendant of the town's ancestors, breaker of hearts, and annoyingly just as gorgeous as he always was, returns to Graves Glen, Georgia. Which should be a quick trip to recharge the town's lines and make an appearance at the annual fall festival turns disastrously wrong. With one calamity after another striking Reese, Vivi realizes her silly little ex-hex may not have been so harmless after all. Suddenly, Graves Glen is under attack from murderous wind-up toys, a pissed-off ghost, and a talking cat with some interesting things to say. Ignore their off-the-charts chemistry to work together to save the town and find a way to break the breakup curse before it's too late. I mean, that just sounds delightful. You, you hex your ex, and then he comes back, and he still barely hex? Come on. That's so good. That's so good. So that is The Ex-Hex by Erin Sterling. Next up, Undead Girl Gang by Lily Anderson. So this is about Mia Flores. She's a teenage Wiccan, and she truly could not care less what you think about her Doc Martens, her attitude, or her weight, because she knows that no matter what, her BFF, Riley, is right by her side. But then Riley... And um, Fairmount Academy Mean Girls June and Dayton die under suspicious circumstances. And Mila refuses to believe everyone's explanation that her BFF was involved in a suicide pact. Instead, armed with a tube of lip lip gloss and an ancient grimoire, Mila does the unthinkable to uncover the truth. She brings the girls back to life. Unfortunately, Riley, June, and Dayton have no recollection of their murders. But they do have unfinished business to attend to. Mm Now, with only seven days until the spell wears off and the girls return to their graves, Mila must wrangle the un- must wrangle the distracted group of undead teens and work fast to discover their murderer before the killer strikes again. So we got like zombie teenage witches. I mean, well, we have we have zombie teenagers and then one witch who was helping the zombie teenagers. <laughs> well, it's not really zombies though, right? She brought them back. It's like necromancy. I don't know. I love everything about it. It sounds like that's... Yeah. Who doesn't love all of those words? So The Witch's Market by Ming Mingmei Yip is a couple years old, but I still wanted to include it. It's about Chinese-American assistant professor Eileen Chen. She specializes in folk religion at her San Francisco college. Though her grandmother made her living as a shamanist, Eileen publicly dismisses witchcraft as mere superstition. Yet yeah, privacy Privately, the subject intrigues her. When a research project takes her to the Canary Islands, long rumored to be home to real witches, Eileen is struck by the lush beauty of Tenerife and its blend of Spanish and Moroccan culture. A stranger invites her to a local market where women sell amulets, charms, and love spells. Gradually, Eileen immerses herself in her exotic surroundings, finding romance with a handsome young furniture maker. I just said handsome in a really weird way and I don't know where that came from. But as she learns more about the lives of these self-proclaimed witches, Eileen must choose how much trust to place in this new and seductive world where love, greed, and vengeance can be as powerful or as destructive as any magic. So that is The Witches Market by Ming-Mei Yip. Next up, we have another romance featuring witches. I am here for all of this. This is Witch, Please. I think my favorite is like, The pun on these titles. Like, there are so many uses for the word witch that you can just, like, make super punny. Um, Witch Please by Anne Agwer. So this is about Danica. She's a fully modern witch. She's a daughter, granddaughter, cousin, and co-owner of the Fix-It Witches, a magical tech repair shop. I wish my magic would fix tech. That would make my life so much easier. After a messy breakup that included way too much family feedback... Yeah, hear you there. Danica made a pact with her cousin... They'll keep their hearts protected and have fun without involving any of the overly opinionated waterhouse matriarchs. Three blocks down from the Fix-It Witches, Titus, owner of Sugar Daddy's Bakery, oh, that's so good, has family trouble of his own. After a tragic loss, all he's got left is his sister, the bakery, and a lifetime of terrible luck and love. Sure, business is sweet, but he can't seem to shake the romantic curse that's left him past 30 and still a virgin. He's decided he's doomed to be forever alone. Until he meets Danica Waterhouse. The sparks are instant, their attraction irresistible. For him, she's the one. To her, he's a firebomb thrown in the middle of a family war. Can a modern witch find love with an old-fashioned mundane who refuses to settle for anything less than forever? That sounds so cute. I'm all about that, too. There's so many good, like, again, these are all very recent rom-coms. Uh, and I haven't read them yet, but I want to read all of them. Like, for real. Just, this just came out, actually, at the beginning of the month. which please. So, I can, I have to go put that on hold immediately. Wicked as you, Witch by Rinju Peko. oh yeah, uh, y'all. <laughs> uh, y'all. Okay. So, once upon a time, the magical kingdom of Avalon was left to wither and die after the Snow Queen encased it in ice. Its former citizens are now refugees, which is why Crown Prince Alex and his protectors are stuck in Arizona. Talia has lived her life as an outsider. Her family curse, the one that's doomed her to be a spellbreaker, someone who destroys magic, hasn't won her too many friends, except Alex, who trusts her and her family to keep his royal identity a secret. And then one night, a famous creature of legend, the Firebird, appears in their tiny town, reigniting hope for their abandoned homeland. Alex and Talia team up with a ragtag group of new friends to journey back to Avalon. Their path is filled with danger, from deadly prophecies to terrifying ice wolves, a traitor among them, and the Snow Queen herself. But if they succeed, their story would be legendary. Okay. Fractured fairy tales, fairy tale retellings. I'm just like, all about everything related to that. Um, So this is the first in the sequel, or I mean, I'm sorry, the first in the series, which is the 100 Names for Magic series. The second one um, in Unreliable Magic comes out next year. Uh, so you should read Wicked As You Wish now. So you'll be all prepared for that. That's Wicked As You Wish by Rin Chupeco. And now we'll take a quick break for a word from this week's sponsor. Has this ever happened to you? You need to see a doctor. You search and find one that looks good. You wait on hold to book the appointment. You rearrange your whole schedule. And when you finally go in, you find out this doctor doesn't even take your insurance. It's the worst. But there is a solution. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment In person or video chat, never wait on hold with a receptionist again. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash ProBookNerds and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash ProBookNerds. Next up, we have We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Barry. This gets another y'all because just delightful. This is set in the coastal town of Danvers, Massachusetts, where the accusations began that led to the 1692 witch trials. We Ride Upon Sticks follows the 1989 Danvers High School Falcons field hockey team who will do anything to make it to the state finals, even if it means tapping into some devilishly dark powers. In chapters dent with 1980s iconography, from heathers to big hair, Barry expertly weaves together the individual and collective progress of this enchanted team as they storm their way through an unforgettable season. I mean, okay, we got, like, 80s witches. I love me good pop culture references, especially the 80s. I was born in the early 80s, like you know, elder millennial. Yes, please give me all of the 80s pop culture references. And then when you throw witches on top of it, I don't need to know anything else. That's perfect. Perfect combination. So I have one more um, novel. And then um, we'll get into some a couple of nonfiction books I have. This next uh, book we don't is okay. I mean, wow. Words are hard. Um, this is is several years old. I think it's about 10 years old. Um, and it is by a French author, um, originally written in French. Overdrive does not have the English translation available, but there is an English translation out there. Um, if you happen to speak French, you could see if your library has the French version because we do have that. So this is I, Tituba, Black Witch of Salem by Maurice Condé. If you are at all familiar with any of the Salem Witch Trials, you are probably familiar with Tichaba. She was the um, the first person to be accused of practicing witchcraft during the 1692 witch trials. She was a West Indian slave um, and worked for one of the families in Salem. Um, little is known about her life, and so what Maurice Condé has done is created a sort of... Um, has imagined what her childhood, um, her adolescence and all of that was like and, and written this novel about Tichub. Um Tichaba was arrested in sixteen ninety two and forgotten in jail until the general amnesty for witches came two years later. Um and so there's you know, Tichibah it's one of those things where um she's both forgotten by history and not because the role she played, um, well, I suppose maybe the role she played is not quite the right word, but um, the way she was presented at that time, how history is that way, but we don't know a lot about her life before any of that. Um, and so this is a sort of fictionalized um, presentation of what her life may have been like. So I have a couple of nonfiction books for anyone who's maybe interested in magic and witchcraft um you know and i i should say i didn't mention this at the beginning like when i i'm not pagan i'm not wiccan i um do sort of more like individual kind of self um witchcraft um in terms of just i have an altar in my home i again i pull tarot cards on a daily basis i do readings for myself and other people um you know, I think sometimes part of the thing that happens with this kind of resurgence and cycle of witches that comes about is that I think our understanding of what a witch is kind of expands each time. And so, um, a lot of these books are just very like practical. Well, actually let's, let's start with this, a practical guide for witches, spells, rituals, and magic for an enchanted life by Ivla Mari Rodjewski. Um, probably did a terrible job pronouncing that even with a guide um and this book which was actually recommended to me by my friend sydney who's appeared on the podcast before um it just has like very simple kind of spells um potions rituals ways to like there's a cord cutting ritual sometimes i think we all need that um there's you know they talk about like protection spells and protection candles a lot of it is like journaling can count as witchcraft and and magic um ritual bath salts for empowerment i really love this book it's very again practical daily um has gorgeous illustrations many of which i would love to frame but i don't want to you know cut apart my one copy i should buy a second one um and i think it's sort of again kind of is about reclaiming that witch within with just you know hands-on guide of, of various rituals and beliefs you can incorporate into your daily life um and it's it's a very easy fun read there's things that you can just pick up when you need leave behind what doesn't um And, yeah, so that is a practical guide for witches. And, again, the illustrations are just, they're just gorgeous. I love all of them. Next, I have Enchantments, a modern witch's guide to self-possession by Maya Spalter. Maya has spent years working among the candles, herbs, cats, and spells as an employee at New York City's oldest occult shop, Enchantments. So, um because obviously not everyone can go to enchantments or if we all did it, we get very crowded. She has taken some of the secrets and stories and put them into this book, um, to kind of, you know, help everyone who cannot get there, but also just so you can have the information with you at home. Some of the things included are about creating and maintaining altars, um, saving your love magic for yourself because casting a love spell on someone else is kind of weird. Um, and very easy to mess up. Not that I've tried. I really haven't. That's just the copy of the book description. Um, <laughs> um, you tips to like clean your filthy apartment and why that's important as part of like magic. And then like no money magic for need, not greed. So there's talk about the power of colors, the key to banishing unfriendly spirits with cleansing rituals or even a dance party and Invaluable Instructions in the Timeless Arts of Astrology Tarot and Finding a Parking Spot Downtown. That that last one is one I definitely need. So, again, I've just like sort of like a very modern, a modern understanding of witchcraft, kind of bringing it up to magic, you know, to 2021. And, um, yeah, who doesn't want all that stuff? My final book is The Ultimate Guide to Tarot Card Meanings by Bridget Esselman. I have several books on tarot cards. um, And I could have picked any of them. They're all really good. But I picked this particular one because this book, more than any of the other ones that I have, has been the most beneficial, the most used book that I own in terms of my own meaning and understanding of tarot cards um if you don't read tarot cards you know each of the cards assuming you sort of follow the the um the Rider Waite deck um each card has a sort of understood traditional meaning of what the card means and and sort of the meaning behind it but with tarot cards a lot of it is also about intuition and sort of your like what you bring to the card itself, what you bring to the card in a reading, what you bring, you know, like what the card says to you. That's the whole thing about reading cards. Um, and most tarot card readers, at least the ones that I know, we all kind of keep our own journal that has our own meanings for all of the cards And when I was first getting started with tarot card reading, it's very overwhelming. There are 78 cards. You feel like you have to like memorize everything and you don't know where to start. And even if you sort of understand like swords mean air and (laughs) cups mean water, like even with all that, or like where like the difference between aces as like the beginning of a thing, um, tens as the completion of a thing. And then you got like the major arcana and it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so I picked this book up. Um, uh, Bridget runs the the Biddy Card website, um, Biddy Tarot, which is also very helpful to me. Um, and I love this book. I have, like, things bookmarked in this book. Um, this book, along with some other things, sort of helped frame my understanding of the tarot cards and helped me build my own meanings that make sense to me while still kind of fitting in with the traditional understanding of the cards so if you are looking to get started in tarot um the ultimate guide to tarot card meetings by bridget esselman esselmont is is my probably my favorite my most used of all of the books that i own um and yeah so we got a lot of witch and magic books happening today um whether or not this is you know Even if you're not looking to like be a witch and have magic in your life, there's lots of fit novels. You know, you can read to read about witches. We got rom-coms with witches. We got, there's a little bit of everything here. There's some YA witches. It's so good. Everything is so good. So that's all I got for you. Um, It's almost October. Then it'll be like really, really spooky season. But sort of get, sort of like, you know, we're sort of like inching into spooky season with this. Um, So that's all I got. I will stop rambling. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Jill Grudenwald and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit?